Welcome back to the RMP, guys. I'm Zach, your host of this beautiful little podcast. And if you want to hit me up, you can always email me at Zachary at therebelminded.com or check out my newsletter on Substack at therebelminded.substack.com. And we are here to question the mess, make some rebel actions, and start living life on our own terms. And I want to know how do we live a life as our true selves, the self that will look into us at the end and ask us, did we do it all? So I've been writing a lot actually about the, the darkness of, of character and the, the darkness of, of what exists internally, externally, within the world, uh, within our own soul, within our minds and what those things mean. And I'm kind of, I've come to this conclusion that there's a necessity in it, that there's a silver lining to having it exist, but not just having it exist, but knowing how to embrace it because of the chaos that it causes or the chaos that it is, Uh, knowing that it is the very thing that makes us resilient, the very thing that helps us understand its opposition, which is the light. And I think most importantly, knowing that there's no way to dissolve it because of the imbalance that it creates in our lives. Thinking that we can only have order, that we can only have goodness, that we can only have... Uh, flawlessness is ignorant and is indescribable to human existence, right? And it probably has something to do with, with my own struggles, with my own internal struggles, things that... I, I feel like I have to endure. And that's the crazy part about our own perspectives on life is some of us have strengths and, some, and, and weaknesses that we determine we have to, for ourselves, that we have to endure. Something that is unique to us that we can't seem to get out of because it is a part of our journey or because it is a, a, a part of whatever it is that we're trying to figure out about the world and with my own self-reflection and I could be totally wrong I mean I I would love to 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 ask people out there especially people that I know if this just sounds wrong but it seems to me that I have to endure a serious suffocation of things of my own character, uh, of, of the things that I love and the things that even maybe are unhealthy for me, that I have to suffocate those things out of my life, including joy and inc- including laughter, to create a blank slate that allows me to rebuild my character from the bottom up. Now, in one way, it sounds dangerous to do so, to be 
left with nothing but a blank slate means that we have no foundation to build on. But at the same time, to build from a blank slate means that potential is endless and free. And these are the types of ridiculous things that I think about. But they're also the things that I think are necessary for a philosophical mind and and necessary for my own self-discovery. And the crazy part is that after you've looked deep enough into yourself, you realize that you sacrifice things no matter which direction that you go. So if to say that I were to give up all of my frugality, to give up my seriousness, to give up my discipline, and all for the sake of joy and, um, what's the right word here? Joy and, and, and chaos and, and wanderlust and space and time without bounds. What would that do for me? Would I fall apart dangerously? Right. But I mean, that's that's the opening for today. Something serious that I want you guys to to think on, but maybe not too fucking hard. But uh, this episode is going to include an interview with an amazing person that I met. Her work and our discussion was based around physical uh, physical fitness and more more than anything, physical nutrition and the psychological manipulations of of industries that have taken advantage of who we are and the way that we think and the things that uh, are biologically primally things that we're attracted to and how that plays into our decisions with food how that plays into the the unhealthy situation that a lot of america is in and I want, I want everyone to realize how serious of a thing this is because when it comes to correct thinking, when it comes to thinking on your own, when it thinks, you know, all the things we discuss on here about individuality and about self-made power and, and decision and, and uniqueness and philosophy and, and, and our thoughts and, and the human condition as a whole, it's important that we actually take care of our bodies well enough to be able to think correctly. You wouldn't think that our food affects our mood or our emotions or our clarity, but it does very much so, just as much as 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 fitness does. And we go into a lot of things that we both know are important and are are maybe some things that you haven't heard of, uh, maybe some things that you you haven't had enough to clarity on to understand, but a lot of it is, we talked a lot about uh, the simplicity of good food, uh, quote-unquote greenwash labeling, the pull of addictive foods, um, all the marketing claims that convince us of, of what's good and, and what's not, which actually is mostly not, uh, the difference between ultra-processed and processed food, and and what it's like to kind of be a business to food industries that are about profit and not the person themselves. So without giving too much away, I want to introduce you to my new friend. Her name is Galit. She's a health and fitness coach and she provides a service and she 
does this 90 day health reset program and she talks about how she can help anybody lose 10 pounds in three months and actually create enjoyable health habits that last and her whole goal is to help people learn how to simplify the process through eating clean food with real ingredients and doing workouts that are effective and fun and help you maintain the body that you want and the clarity the mental clarity that you want through a lifestyle that works for you Again, her name is Galit, and on all of her social media, she has Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and her tags are Health by Galit, and she is here to help you change the way that you think about food and change the way that you think about yourself and the lifestyle that you live. Here is episode 136. So let me, let me ask you this first, because I want to know with where you're at now and like where your direction is going. I know what it is. They're going to know what it is, but how did it get started? You said you left Massachusetts. When we were talking before, you said you left Massachusetts and you noticed a difference because you moved or you moved directly for that intention of like trying to find something else. Like how did you get to where you're at now? Yeah. So in regards to like the health and fitness industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where I'm at right now was, so it started when I was, 18 years old I was always skinny fat my whole life so like in a sense where like I could eat whatever I wanted and I was skinny yet on the inside I felt tired all the time exhausted Mm -hmm. I had a lot of brain fog um and just I wasn't clear with who I am and my body we all know what it feels like when we're in cloud nine and our health is great and we're around the right friends and the environment so I wasn't there and I had a lot of blocks And I also started to develop some cellulite underneath my butt. And that's really when I got insecure. (laughs) How come guys don't have that? You guys are lucky. Yeah. What what is that (laughs) about? And so my dad, I was like, I'm skinny. I can eat McDonald's every single day. It's fine. And he was like, "Mm, you're not so skinny. Your legs are, you know, they're getting that. Your dad said that? Oh, yeah. Did that mess with you? No, I'm glad I didn't become anorexic, you know, or like have a food disorder because some girls could, right? Um, And I don't think he knew any better. But, yes, so he he kind of introduced that to me and made me become aware of it. Mm -hmm. And then I tried everything, you know. I tried, like, looking up what's the best exercise to do, how much cardio should I do, how much leg day. Um, what should I not have sugar? Should I have stay away from saturated fat? Should I stay away from, um, you know, certain types of foods, maybe no cheese, no meat, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I went down that whole journey that a lot of people go through. And so just to, to make sure, so did this attempt towards nutrition, like was it because of your dad saying that? Like, it was that the click? That's what clicked with me where I was like, I need to get rid of this fat. Just like most people that start their health and fitness journey. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the energy. I didn't really know that I was fatigued. Yeah. I didn't know that I was like mentally fogged up because most likely it was the food that I was eating and not being sedentary in the environment. But that wasn't enough of a push for me to actually get into this industry. Mm-hmm. It was the cellulite that I was like, Operation, get rid of cellulite. <laughs> Do whatever I can. Uh, research every single cellulite brush to, to brush it out and get rid of it. Uh-huh. I would wear shorts and I would like push my shorts down. Because oh, really? I was insecure. Jesus. Yeah. See, that's the shitty part. Yeah. But 
the the thing that that you said that I think is hard. I was lucky because I started when I was 14 working out. Like it became I fell in love with it once I got into a PC class. Oh, it wow. was because I had gotten I had broken my collarbone and so I had done a lot of sitting around and I didn't eat well either. And uh, I had gained a little bit of weight. So there was a pudgy Zachary at one point. Mm. <laughs> and um, once I got into physical education, and it's not like I remember anything about nutrition from then. What I remember is the working out, you know, and the drive and the attempt for, for doing something that was just physically strenuous for whatever reason. I was the smallest guy in the gym. I, I weighed 114 pounds. Mm, wow. And uh, I had gotten up to about 130. And so that was my start. Yeah. Well, it was me getting into that. But I think what my point is, what I wanted to point out was that I have done it for so long that I didn't really have enough of a life span to show me where I was foggy, mm. you know, and show me where my body was fatigued all the time. Um, getting into physical movement helped a lot. And then learning nutrition and, and dialing that into my early 20s helped a lot. But I didn't know that before, obviously. But no. what about the people that are 30 now and have never done any of that and they've been in a constant fog and they have nothing to relate it to and they just assume that that's, you know, life. Exactly. Right? exactly. That's what I worry about. And it's not normal, but we think it's normal. And exactly. Just, it becomes part of our life. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times we don't think we're told, oh, if you give up coffee, if you start getting more into, you know, nutrition and fitness and move more, you'll be fine. Eh, I don't know. It's not until you go through it, whether you're as a man, right? Like you're a little smaller, or even a woman that wants mm -hmm. to gain weight or um, any men and women that just are trying to lose weight. That's usually the push. Like was for you, you know, just to gain more muscle and gain weight, not being the smallest guy at the gym. Mm -hmm. Once you do that, everything else is a byproduct, the energy increase, the decrease in fogginess in the brain. And then it clicks and we're like, oh, this is why people are exercise and take care of their nutrition. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's when it became more of a lifestyle. If it was just about trying to get rid of the cellulite, then what happens after I get rid of it, right? There's nothing else pushing me. Mm -hmm. And so when I remember all of the other benefits, um, you know, increased mobility, being able to do all these activities like hiking and paddleboarding and calisthenics. I just had a calisthenic class today and mm -hmm. move my body in so many great ways and have energy throughout the day and the clarity, creativity, it reminds me, this is why you got to keep going. Mm -hmm. So let's continue your journey here a little bit then. So at 18, you kind of had that, oh God, so like, it's the most horrible thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it sounds like you kind of had an intrigue for the nutrition part of it. So where do you go from there when, once you start this path? Yeah, so really like after being very extreme with working out five to six days a week, even when my my family, like we were on vacation, I was like, where's the hotel gym? Mm -hmm. Where is like, you know, where are the weights? Is there anything I can do to work out? I would get my steps in. I was like, there were no days off for six straight years, super consistent. Uh, same thing with dieting, you know. Right before, if like we're gonna go out to a restaurant, I research the restaurant, I look at their calories, their carbs, fats, and all that. It became obsessive and mm -hmm. it almost takes you away from life where like every time you're looking at food, you have to like calculate it in your head, what are the macros? And yeah, it's important to be aware, but there's an extreme for everything. 
And so when it started to balance out a little bit was when I had my first road trip. So I came from Massachusetts to Austin and it was six days driving. I packed this huge lunchbox. My mom made me this like fresh guacamole spread and then a spinach dip. And I had my tuna in there and vegetables. Did it last me six days? No, you know? (laughs) (laughs) The food was ultimately gonna go bad. And I was like, the biggest concern I had was, oh my God, we have six days. This is the, like, it's in six years, it's not like I went more than three days without working out or eating clean ever. Mm-hmm. So, so you're freaking out. I'm freaking out that I'm going to gain all the cellulite back. I'm going to gain all the fat back, everything. And so, you know, in the beginning, I did the best I could. I got salads. I got salmon. I tried only going out like once for like a day. Mm-hmm. So that way I'm not eating as much restaurant food mm-hmm. with like extra salt, sugars, oils. And this is on the trip down. Yeah. Gotcha. And then towards the middle end of the trip, I caved for the first time in six years. I had raising canes, which is amazing. No idea what that is. It's a fast food place okay. in Austin. It's great. It's like chicken and fries and really bad food. But <laughs> it was good for me. It was good for my mental health. I'm like, ah, oh, this is good. Yeah. I had, I'm going to mispronounce it, beignets from I Louisiana. I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's. The donuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I was told that's where you eat there. And I was like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. So anyways, to make a long story short, at the end of my trip, that's then I like I noticed that my arms were slimmer. I noticed that I lost some weight. Mm-hmm. I was walking everywhere. And I was like, wait, maybe there's a balance. Like here I was in my head thinking I'm going to gain it all back. Mm-hmm. And I have to be perfect all the time. And then when I was not perfect, I was like, huh, I actually got more results by doing less. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that was cortisol, right? I think sometimes when we're trying every single diet and we're trying to work out consistently and make sure our hydration is on point in our steps, that increases cortisol levels, mm-hmm. increased stress. Increased cortisol levels will actually create like the blood sugar levels spike up and we retain more fat and more sugar gets converted into those fat cells and we gain weight. So maybe that vacation is exactly what I needed to realize, oh, when I'm less stressed and I'm allowed to go out and enjoy my life and mm-hmm. enjoy these foods, but not overdo it, I get results. Yeah. So you get through your six days with not all of your <laughs> So you consume everything that you have, right, by the time you get here. Base, I mean, I didn't overdo it, right? Like, I'm not saying just go eat fast food every single day. No, no, no. I was talking about, like, the, the, the tap that your mom, like... Oh, yeah. Set you down here, I consumed right? that in like two days. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, damn it. Now I got to go out to eat. <laughs> okay. And then, and then so you get here and then what do you, what do you do? Well, and then I just, again, I just researched it more and I was like, this has to be more simple. How come it is that I lost a lot of weight eating unhealthier foods? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so this is where the holistic approach comes in. I realized, I think it was my cortisol levels were like really high trying to be perfect and everything. So I had more of a balance routine there and I started meditating more and doing breath work. And then I thought about food like this. How come, what are people doing in other countries? You know, Japan, Spain, all these countries that are pretty healthy Mm -hmm. and live to be long and have quality lives. They're just eating real food and moving more. You don't see that, like the gym industry is not huge there. Do you think Japanese people are like lifting weights yeah. like this? And there's there's a few, very like, little, yes, elite bodybuilders that are that yeah. are 
Japanese, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. We're not. And if you look at their diet, it's a lot of vegetables and sushi and rice. And I was like, we're told rice is so bad for you and carbs. And yeah, maybe too many carbs are not great for you. But it's about the quality of carbs. I was going to say, that's, let's put that out there. It's like what we get advertised to us, the versions of it that, that are actually healthy, despite what anybody's diet is, like chosen diet is, like there's a version of that that is going to be better than what you're being sold in a box in a store. Yes. Like that type of carbohydrate for the most part is nonsense. And you've had a lot of videos and reels and stuff yeah. going over that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so you kind of find this balance. And so what are you figuring out the most important things are when it comes to that nutrition and physical movement? Because I think that a lot of people assume that it has to be done in a perfected way. Like we have a one track yeah. mind and we find one person to be a mentor or a role yeah. model or something like that. And we'll be like, that's, that's yep. the thing. Like that's the way to do it. And maybe that's where all this like trendy nonsense bad diet stuff comes yeah. from but i'd like to hear your angle on that yeah i think everybody is very different and like part of why i do it what i do as a coach is i help people guide like i'm their guidance and i help them empower into themselves mm -hmm. to figure out their own journey mm -hmm. and figure out okay well what what kind of nutrition will work for me what diet will work for me what kind of physical activity the most important thing is if we actually want to lose weight, keep it off, or build our, you know, optimal body composition to be healthier, is eat real clean food. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, don't get super bogged down on carbs and fats and proteins. Like, that'll come if we need to, like, hone in on that because you have specific goals, then we will. But as a lifestyle in general, having a really good balance of that. So a good starting place is 40-30-30. 40% of your calories should come from carbs, 30% from protein, 30% from fat. Again, we can adjust that as need be, depending mm -hmm. on somebody's goals. Um, I'm not a huge fan of tracking calories or even tracking macros. I think it's a good place to start if somebody needs to, so they have an awareness. And once they have an awareness to not be like a a slave almost to like their phone and food and always having to obsess over mm -hmm. carbs, fats, proteins. Keep it simple. Just you have that as a guidance, as a template at first, and then he, uh, ease off of it. And then just listen to your body, right? You Right before a workout, you should probably have some sort of carbs to get your energy going. Not carbs like you were talking about that just comes from a grocery store that's packaged and mm -hmm. boxed. Apples, peanut butter, or apples, almond butter. Simple. Mm -hmm. That'll get you the natural sugar, the energy you need. And then you go work out. And then after a workout, it's protein intake. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really it. Like we, And then moving more, right? But moving in a way that is actually enjoyable. So scheduling in time to go for a walk and listen to a podcast. That's what somebody's into. Or learn. Or maybe like call up a family, you know friend, or family member, anybody, just something to make the walk more enjoyable. Or maybe it's taking on new exercises and new workouts like calisthenics or, you know, rock climbing or gymnastics. There's just so many different types of act physical activity out there and finding what works for you and not what Bob says is the big key takeaway. So 
And, and you know, I, th- I think I agree with you on, on, you know, pretty wholeheartedly on on the basics. You know, um, there's so much information out there that I, I can see why it would be overwhelming for people. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was more or less, you know, like a hobbyist bodybuilder through my 20s. And then I became a powerlifter when I was 29 or 30. I did that for five years. And when it comes to tracking and, and, and everything, it counted then, like yes. as an athlete, when you're, you know, when you're f- trying to, to get to a certain number. And I don't want people to take this to the scale because I don't even believe in scales. I think it's nonsense. I think you should be able to look in the mirror exactly. and go like, this is, feels good. This looks good to me. You listen the, to yourself too, right? Instead of all this information out there telling you this is how you need to yeah. do it. This is how your body, this is the weight you need. No, mm-hmm. like you, hey, tap out, like get rid of all that noise and tap into yourself. Yeah, yeah. Exactly I think there is a that. lot of listening to yourself that, that really matters. And I think people are just overwhelmed and distracted by so much that's going on that they don't realize how basic it is. It's like, you tell me if I'm wrong. But, you know, if I were a trainer, I'd be like, okay, you get, you know, try to move this amount of, many amount of times throughout the week. Whatever gets you, gets you most likely to do it. Mm-hmm. It can be walking. It doesn't matter. Do yeah. 10 push-ups. That's it. Four or five times a day. See what happens. And then as close as you can get to whole food. And everyone knows that 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 one section inside a grocery store is where all the good stuff is. Yeah. And then the rest of it is just nonsense. Mm -hmm. You know, 90% of the store is crap that's got a bunch of additives. None of your food basically should have additives. Like, I love food. I'll go off the rails when I want to. But none of your food should have additives, in my opinion. Vegetables fruits they're all one ingredient exactly that thing (laughs) an apple's an apple a steak's a steak whatever yeah so uh, the first annoying question maybe not annoying like rebellious question i hear i guess here is like we we all have a sense of what america looks like now everyone knows that knows the statistics and they keep changing they keep going up it's like two-thirds or more now is overweight or obese something like that and everyone knows it but no one wants to do anything about it Mm. so what do you think are the biggest things that stand in our way that avoid us getting to good health proper health like health that we want to be in that we enjoy being in well there's a lot of unhealthy foods out there and a lot of food companies that are trying to make money off of us. Mm-hmm. And they actually design their foods to be extremely addictive. And that's not helping us, right? Like we're trying to be healthy, yet we're going to the grocery store or we're like driving down the street and there's McDonald's, there's KFC, there's Chipotle. There's a bunch of restaurants and fast food places that are so tempting to stop at. We have to have a lot of willpower and discipline And for me, the more conscious I became, like what is actually in our foods Mm -hmm. and what are the additives and the ingredients, the fact that most of the ingredients, like half of the ingredients that are allowed in the U.S. are banned in other countries. Like TBHQ is one of them, known to be carcinogenic. Carrageenan is another one, also carcinogenic. Um, Some of the dyes, like Red 40, has been shown Mm -hmm. to like increase ADHD and like mess up with somebody's kids attention levels. Mm-hmm. I mean the fact that these no ingredients are allowed exactly. <laughs> fruit punch but even the healthy foods too like I have found erythritol and clean energy drink. You know that brand? No, I don't. I don't think so. Their brand is literally called Clean. 
Oh, no, I have seen it just now. In yes. Austin, I've seen it. Okay, yeah. That's not clean. <laughs> and that's the problem. And that's what stands in our way is we're trying to be healthy, yet we're seeing the marketing claims of like, you know, no sugar added or all natural or vegan. And we buy into it because we think it's healthy. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like the terms and agreements are the ingredients. That's in small print what they don't want us to read. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the most important thing, um, I would say. And another thing is, too, is did you know that 60% of the foods in the U.S. are ultra-processed? 60%? 60%, yep. Jesus. And, they, and the way, so what is an ultra-processed food versus, yeah. like, processed? Yeah. Processed foods is basically, like, tomato sauce. That's technically processed mm-hmm. because you take a tomato, you heat it up, you add some olive oil, garlic to it. Maybe you blend it up. That's tomato sauce. Unless it's prego, and then it's like a bunch of other stuff too, right? <laughs> Canola oil, yes. And they try to, you know, get they they try to like save money by putting like um, inflammatory vegetable oils in there. We don't need mm-hmm. and sugar. So, anyways, like that. That's tomato sauce, and then ultra processed is when they take like they take a food and they add things to it that are not natural. So like extra emulsifiers, additives, uh, preservatives, artificial flavors, natural flavor, which is the same thing as artificial, very similar, mm-hmm. sweeteners, all of that. And they just mess with the food chemically and you know alter it a little bit to enhance the flavor and make it addicting. So that causes us to gain weight. Another reason why ultra-processed foods are not great for you know, us trying to like lose weight and be healthier is because they actually mess up with the hormone that gives us like satiety, you know, signaling mm-hmm. that we're full, but we don't feel that. So we keep eating. And all of this stuff, like it, it makes it very difficult to, to try to live in a, try to be healthy in an unhealthy world. Mm-hmm. Well, the way, the way it seems is we are a business. That's to these, what it is. To these people that, that, that lead the way. And we can sit here and we can talk about how, how, you know, dishonorable it is and how unfair it is, whatever. But the, the whole point of the podcast is, is to, to push individuality, to push individual wisdom, you know, so you know how to take care of yourself. The more I've done over the last six or seven years, you know, trying to f- figure things out for myself and not necessarily answering to other people, mm. the more I've realized that through my own mistakes, I, I attach my, myself to those things that, that actually make sense and that actually matter. So, but when it comes back to, to all this ultra processed stuff, what makes sense to you as far as, as what they're trying to do? Why does it seem like we are a business to them. Why do, we, why do we, why does it feel like we're a, a fucking number? Why? Because they just want to make money. That's all it is. Yeah, I guess. And it's all a cycle too when you think about it. Yeah. They feed us crap. We get sick from it. And then what happens? We go to the doctors. Go to the doctor. And then the doctors prescribe us pharmaceutical pills. Mm-hmm. And it's just this cycle that's never ending. And it just, it makes it virtually impossible to try to be healthy. Now, I also don't want to like, I don't know, be all gloom and negative. The good thing is there's more awareness, and this is why I'm speaking about this. And there's a lot of new food companies that are coming out now, like Q, Siete, um, Lesser Evil. There's a few other brands, Applegate. 
And they come out with like healthier products where you read the ingredients and it's super simple. Like Applegate, for example, has um, this beef patty. So it's beef, or 100% grass-fed patty, rosemary. Rosemary is a natural uh, preservative. That's the only two things in it. That's it. Perfect. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, whatever you buy, I don't care. They're like, no, but it's gluten-free. But like, it says no artificial ingredients added. I'm like, let me read it. That's marketing. Give it to me. Nope. They put natural flavor. It's the same thing as artificial flavor. Okay. You know, so it's like little things like that. If you can't recognize an ingredient, you wouldn't have that ingredient in your cupboards in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. Don't buy it. If the ingredient list is this long, don't buy it. And like what I did when I first started was I just went through all the products, you know, yogurt, for example, like which yogurt does not have an insane amount of sugar or artificial sweeteners. That's when stevia was a thing, but like it wasn't that popular. So there's one brand, I think it's called Oikos. Um, and they're the first one to use like flavored yogurt with stevia. Now, is stevia great for you? Probably not the way we process it, but the actual leaf is good. And it was the only natural source of like a sweetener that I could find. And then I transitioned to plain yogurt, which is the best. Mm-hmm. But that's really where it starts is just go through all the products till you find that one brand that has very simple ingredients and buy that one, you know? Well, and and honestly, too, is if you go to a a, a decent grocery store, th- th- what you're saying isn't really that hard. Yeah. You, know, you can go to the wall of, of yogurts and, you know, you can sift through for five minutes yeah. and figure out the, the one that has the least amount of ingredients. What, what it seems like you're saying is like, Probably the easiest option, even if you're not that knowledgeable, is just to find the stuff with the least amount of nonsense in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not rocket science. It's really not. But I know we get tricked very often, and that's why I say the outside is like mind control. Mm-hmm. Mark, you know, it's all marketing. The colors, the words, like yep. the, the mottos, all that stuff. It's all it's called greenwash labeling when a product greenwash labeling. Okay. Yeah. And greenwash labeling is when a product makes you convinced that the food is healthy when it's not by putting all these trendy claims like gluten-free and organic and non-GMO and, mm-hmm. you know, the list goes on and on. But the reality is in the back. And thankfully, in this country, we have to report the ingredients. And I have researched some of these ingredients and I'm like, what is guar gum? You know, what is xanthan gum? Oh, it can disrupt with your gut lining, you know? A little bit, fine. I'm not here to fear monger and be like, oh my God, you're going to die if you Mm -hmm. have a little bit of xanthan gum. Mm -hmm. But it's in everything. And that's what we should be mindful of is like all these ingredients that we can't pronounce, a little bit is fine. But what happens when we're consuming it in so many products where over time our kidneys are overworked, our livers are overworked, trying to process these foreign ingredients. Mm -hmm. We have inflammation. We have gut issues. Why? Oh, maybe it's actually the food that we're consuming over time is it's catching up to us. Well, and something I know is the, 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 the stuff that we're eating is causing all of these symptoms that, like you were saying, you know, send us to the doctor. And then we don't pay attention to our food. And so it continues. It doesn't go anywhere. And then we have these medications that give us some sort of relief but they also give this this weird symptom like you know it it, it changes the way our brain works or something like that like yeah it makes us foggy or you know side effects you know takes away the pain but you know you can't think anymore so great yeah um i know so 
there's, I want to touch on this a little bit just because I want to make sure that we mention it, but people are easily convinced. And I think the industry takes advantage of this, of, uh, of talking about macronutrients, mm. right? And I think macronutrients important kind of like to help you follow some sort of system, like what you're saying, the 40, yeah. 30, 30, yep. correct? Um, but there's also this, there's also the micronutrients, you know, your minerals, your vitamins, stuff like that. Yeah. How much do people need to pay attention to that? Is it something they need to, to dig into or what's the best way to, to make sure we're actually getting most of what our body needs? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of tests out there that will individualize, tell you like where you're missing some micronutrients. Mm -hmm. They're very important. And, you know, they have specific functions. Like I know magnesium really helps with the nervous system regulation. So people who have depression and anxiety, they could really benefit just from taking magnesium. Now, do I think we all need to take supplements? The It depends. I really believe that most of the food that we consume, if we're consuming lots of fruits, vegetables, legumes, you know, whole grains, and I'm talking about like, you know, um, buckwheat and quinoa and even chickpeas, things like that, we will get most of the nutrients in our body. There are only two that I know of that like we should all take because it's just not in our food. Mm -hmm. And that is B12. B12 used to be um, a supplement that a lot of vegans took because you find B12 in cows. Mm -hmm. Well, that's when cows used to eat grass. And that's where the nutrient was most prevalent. Well, now cows are being inserted. If your meat is not grass-fed, mm -hmm. it's just a bunch of cows being injected with antibiotics and growth hormones and who knows what else, corn and soy being one of them as well. And so that's what we're consuming, right? And if we are consuming grass-fed beef, we think we're getting B12, but we're not because the soil is so messed up from all the Roundup and pesticides and herbicides mm -hmm. we're spraying. So really, like, that's one of the vitamins I think everybody should take. And then magnesium as well. Uh, they've done studies where, you know, typically you find magnesium in a lot of green vegetables, so like kale and spinach and Brussels sprouts. But even when you're consuming, like, three servings of that, you're still not getting enough magnesium. So those are the two I always recommend. Now, the other ones, I don't know. It, you know, you can get testing. Testing can be great, but what happens in like three days when like you get sun and then your vitamin D levels are up, right? Mm -hmm. So it can fluctuate a lot. Maybe, you know, if there's something, it's always fun to play around with it as well. It's a journey and I'm not like a guru. I'm like, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. A lot of the times it's just figuring out along as you go and having guidance and support where it's like this trial and error. Oh, you have headaches a lot. We should try magnesium. Maybe you should try checking your blood work and seeing if there's other nutrients in there that you're missing mm -hmm. but in general you can't go wrong with just eating lots of fruits and vegetables that have everything you need in it i agree well and and that kind of brings me to this next point which i think people have to be very careful with because i think even these things can be fairly ideological um you know everybody's on a platform it seems like now and everybody's kind of promoting something that they promise works yeah you know in whatever way and uh you know, for, so f people will get on a, a, a diet and even, even if it's whole food based, and I'm not trying to to get anybody to follow a particular diet. I think yeah. that the way that you go about it, 
is complex and, you know, is necessary to your own intuitions and your own ideas of what health is. But when it comes to uh, keto and vegan and vegetarian and carnivore and, and any of that stuff, do you, have a, do you have an opinion on that? Like, how do we get people to be okay with the diets they choose or is it something they should be kind of be aware of as they do choose a diet? Yeah, I mean, I think all diets, like they start off great, right? Like I was pretty big onto keto and low carb for a while. Mm -hmm. Then I went more plant-based. And what I realized, well, what do all these diets have in common? They give up, there's not as much processed foods. Mm -hmm. Vegan is plant-based. Carnivorism is meat. Everything is like meat or plants or like seeds. Perfect. Mm -hmm. That's it. So it's like, yes, it's great to start with these diets and see how your body adjusts, but I don't believe that they're very sustainable. Um, and maybe they are for some people, and, you know, that's great. But at least in my experience and the clients that I've worked with, it's more of a short-term fix. And it's a great start. And then it's like, okay, well, let's just try to focus more on, like, eating whole foods and real nutrients. And I've seen people lose weight. And I tell them, eat whatever you want. But just make sure the ingredients are real. You're cooking more from home and you're using quality oils. Boom, 10 pounds in two months. No diet, nothing. Mm -hmm. not, I'm not promoting anything. All I'm promoting is stop. Like there's no magic fix. You know, no supplement's going to fix you. Or maybe a diet will, but that's temporary. Just consume real food, real ingredients, and move more. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and something to, to come on come back on just for a second was you know i don't know if i'm technically a conspiracy theorist but i do think I that there's them. some sort of plan here of, you know it, it's it's the the evil trifecta i think it's got a different name but it's it's like government uh the the medical system and the food industry is working together to keep people in a particular position now in my opinion you can definitely tell me what you think but in my opinion it's it's somewhat on purpose. Like the less capable we are to move, the less capable we are to think. Yep. The less capable we are of of being able to to find information and move and do things on our own, the more there's less likely to be any any resistance to whatever system they're trying to create. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a little deep. It's a little assumptive, but. With with you being in the food industry, or the you know nutrition, sorry, food industry that was rude. No, it was <laughs> but with you with you being in nutrition, what are the the most annoying lies that that you think? What do you what do you think are the the biggest things that they're they're trying to do that just seems unfair? I guess. Well, I'd say the biggest one. I like. I'm really excited to be talking about this. There was a whole war on fat back in the 1970s. Have you heard of that? No, I should probably research more. Yeah. No. That <laughs> what, one's what fascinating. Hmm? What was it? So we had this huge scare about fat, and it all started when yeah. Dwight Eisenhower passed away of a heart attack. And he was like a big president, right? And we're like, oh, my God, he passed away from a heart attack. What's going on? Mm -hmm. So everybody was like trying to figure it out. And you had this guy, his name was Ansel Keys. And so he conducted this seven-country study. And what he found was the higher fat consumption of a country, the more likely they were to develop heart disease. 
Now, the country was extremely flawed. It was an observational study, so it wasn't even randomized, you know, double-blind, controlled, mm -hmm. nothing. It was just like, hey, what have you been eating your whole life, you know? And they also didn't, they didn't take into consideration, was your diet all fat? Like, you had mostly animal products and, like, a steak every night with vegetables? Mm -hmm. Or was your, you know, because most people when they eat a lot of high fat, they eat a lot of high sugar, high carbs, processed food. Mm -hmm. But he characterized it as all the same. If you're on a processed American diet, high fat, high carb, you're high fat. And forget about carbs, you're high fat. If you eat steak every night, you're high fat. So there's no differentiation there. And um, again, so he like, he just picked and chose the countries that fit his hypothesis. But there are multiple countries that had a high fat diet that had very low risks of heart disease. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, screw those countries. Um, and because of him, he had such a political stance. That's when the nutritional guidelines came into place. That's when the food pyramid started and all of these things. Meanwhile, there is another guy, and his name was John Utkin. He questioned the narrative. He was like, nah, something is off. I don't think it's the fat. And he published this book, uh, it was called, I'm trying to think of the name. Oh, it was called Pure White and Deadly in the 70s. So this is- Pure White and Deadly. Yeah. And it was about sugar. And his thing was like, this guy Ansel Keys is talking about fat, but what about the people that are, like there has to be a differentiation between somebody who's eating high fat, high sugar, high carbs, and just high fat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this guy, John Utkin, was considered a conspiracy theorist. Of course he was. Yeah, of course. Everybody that goes against the agenda is like, something is wrong with you. No, that, you're just awake and you know what's going on. Yeah. And to your point, they want to keep us asleep. And I think that's what like processing food or proce highly processed foods do. They keep us asleep, relying on medication, relying on uh, doctors and we just, we know, that's a whole nother story. I love, I love that topic. Well, is this where I can't believe it not butter started? And like they're trying to get, well, it's not, it's not cow butter. So it's probably better for you. But isn't that all oils or it's something? It's all canola oil and seed oils Ooh. and additives and preservatives. Ultimately inflammatory, right? Like Very inflammatory. And the body doesn't recognize it. So like what happens? Our brain is like not as sharp as it could be because we're not consuming nutrients at that point. We're consuming chemicals. That's all it is. Our kidneys, our liver, like all these, you know, issues. We're starting to have problems. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so like this guy, again, uh, John Utkin, huge conspiracy theorist. When he published that book, all these scientists were like, no, you're wrong. And everything John Utkin said about sugar came true today. The effects sugar has on us, how unhealthy it is, how we should stay off of it, how processed it is. But at the time, he was a weirdo. And... Um, that's kind of how everything came to be. That's when cholesterol became a huge thing. And that's when the FDA guidelines were like, stay away from fat, stay away from cholesterol. Are they doing it out of ill intention? I don't know. All I know is that there is a lot of flawed studies out there and a lot of people with high political power that got their name up and they were able to essentially control um, the people and influence them in a way that, and it's crazy because why, like when we're staying away from fat, what do we do to combat that? Mm -hmm. Highly, a lot of carbs, a lot of sugar. Sugar companies wanted to keep their money. So like then they were paying off Harvard and Chicago, like big universities to say, 
hey, can you say that sugar is okay? Just like the smoking tobacco industry, say that sugar is not harmful, that's fat. Okay, keep blaming fat, keep blaming fat to the sugar companies, you know, keep making more money. So is this like in a way for them to, to like if they say fat's bad, then it pushes us towards pushes us towards sugars? Yeah, basically saying like, just have a high carb diet. Carbs aren't bad for you, it's fat. Fat makes you fat. When it's so much deeper well, than that. Well, and to, to the basic mind, like everyone's going to go, yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to put fat in my body if it puts it on my body. Yeah, and that's when like my whole journey too started. I questioned a lot. I was yeah. like, this orange juice has 22 grams of sugar. Is that really that good for you? All of these juices, but it's natural sugar. Then I researched it more and I was like, well, there's no fiber in orange juice. Mm -hmm. So we're just consuming like two glasses of orange juice, which has like about 50 grams of sugar. And we're like, okay, we're good. Mm -hmm. If you were to eat that many oranges to make up those two oranges, it would be about six oranges, which most people could not eat six oranges mm -hmm. because the fiber fills you up. Mm -hmm. And there's, there are all these things that I just, I really started to question. And I was like, mm. and it just kept bringing me back to what are they doing in other countries? They're eating really good food, high quality. They know where their animals are being sourced, how their animals are being fed, mm -hmm. what's going into it. I went to Ecuador. I picked up their fruit. It was dirty. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I want the real thing. You like it? <laughs> <laughs> dirt. Oh, good. You know, no pesticides in this dirt. That's where third world countries are actually doing a lot better than us. They're I, a lot healthier. The, like anecdote, you know, um, and, and I don't want to get into COVID. We're not going to get into COVID. Don't let me get into COVID. Oh, but, I could talk about that forever. Uh, um, but there, there's an importance to our immune system when it comes to this sort of thing. And I know this isn't, you know, this is a little off track of what we're saying, but I had this, we had this kid that we grew up with that just, he loved to be dared. And he drank out of mud puddles. He licked like jelly off of a wall that had been dried on there for a few weeks. Basically anything we could get him to do, he would do. Yeah. Eating or drinking something. It was disgusting. It was, I, yeah. But I dare you to do he this. Didn't, he didn't die. You know, and, and I know there's an importance in, in, in us, you know, having clean purified water and like having clean food and stuff. But I think like to your point, we live in a position expansively, like a, a, around a whole system of living, like the, the way we move, the way we eat, the way we work, all this stuff. It's made it impossible for our immune system to really be ideal. Like we're out of the sun. We're not active. Exactly. You know, we're not eating good food. And um, yeah, that was just a little bit of a side note, but it's, it's amazing how much people are scared of that stuff now. It seems like everyone is, you know, they got antimicrobial, you know, uh, hand sanitizer and all this stuff. And like, everybody's so afraid of germs. I know. Um, do, I don't know. Do you have a, do you have an opinion on that? Well, it just, do you think we're supposed to be more gross? Yeah, maybe, you know, <laughs> I think if we're constantly washing our hands or using sanitizer that's anti, you know, microbial, yeah. there's good bacteria in our gut. There's, we have good bacteria to fight off the bad bacteria. Mm -hmm. But what we're doing is we're constantly washing our hands. We're destroying all of the bacteria. Yeah. So there's no war, right? There's a war between the good guys and the bad guys. Well, you're just killing everybody off. Yeah. And eventually when we have bad guys, we don't have enough good guys to fight it off. So how do you create more good bacteria? That's where food is so powerful. We have to have prebiotics and probiotics. 
the prebiotics is the soil that the probiotics can feed off of to get stronger, stronger, stronger. And now you have these warriors in our gut fighting good guys, bad guys. But don't destroy everybody. It's like we're putting a nuclear bomb in our body every time we're having, or we're, you know, using antimicrobial um, sanitizer and covering our face. And some germs are good for us, right? <laughs> like we don't need to kill off every single bacteria in our body. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, so coming back to the, the food pyramid, because this is what I knew um, growing up as a kid was the food pyramid, if I remember right, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't, I think it's changed once or twice or something like that, but the food pyramid was, I think they had sugars at the top, which doesn't make sense because they push sugar so much now, but it definitely was like breads yes. down at the bottom, yeah, right? And then it was, is everything else. So yeah, what what's your thing with the food pyramid? Like, what do you think is the the hardest part about the food pyramid and, and where it's at now. I don't even know where it's at now. I don't yeah. even care to look at it. That's the thing is I stopped looking at it a long time ago because it's very outdated. It is. Lots of inaccurate information. I mean, I think at one point they said you need to have 11, 11 servings of bread and grains and cereal. A day? And rice, yes. That was like old school, like when it like first came out, it was like somewhere mm -hmm. in the middle. And I was like, what, 11 servings? The problem is with our grains, there's so many pesticides on it. Like yeah. I tried not even to eat oats anymore because I heard that that's like one of the most pesticide like driven. Mm. Yeah, I heard the same thing. thing. Oats, soy, and corn are the most heavily sprayed. And the insane thing is that, you know what Roundup is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Roundup or glycophosphate for short, the actual chemical in it, the active ingredient, when these guys are spraying it, they literally have hazmat suits because it's so toxic. So they're spraying it on everything. Guess where we're finding it now? In people's urine. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because we're consuming so much of it. So that's yeah. why I personally stay away from soy, corn, and gluten. Mm -hmm. And it makes you think, well, how come when you go to Italy, and there's a lot of people I know that have gluten sensitivities. In this country, they can't do gluten. They go to Italy. They go to Europe, anywhere in Europe, Spain, whatever. No problem with gluten. Mm -hmm. It comes down to the quality. Yes, I heard the same story. She went to France. She said she was so scared to eat bread because she was gluten intolerant. Yeah. But it was France. And so she didn't want to not try bread. And yep. she ate bread. like She ended up eating bread most of the time that she was there. And she didn't have any problems yep. at all. That's what it is. Why do they keep doing this to our food? Well, because it's about profit. Yeah. No, no. And I... You know, and in what I talk about, you know, this is one of the biggest human flaws is we have we have a sense of power and we have a sense of, of influence. Yeah. And regardless of how good everyone is trying to make the world, they they don't realize that evil exists. And people think that if they dissolve evil, that they're doing the right thing. But the elites are using that evil or that dis dissolving of evil to actually make their own. Like they're, they're putting the good label on evil, on all the evil acts that they're doing, in my opinion. Mm. Like that's what they're doing with food. Yeah. You know, and that's what they're, they're almost even doing that with, with exercise now. Like, the, you know, if you're 300 pounds, you know, and you're five, six, then it's genetic. Like it's not your fault. Like you need to accept yourself as I you know. are. I know. Oh my God. It's a mess. It's, it's a mess. It's so bad. Right? Yeah. So, um, Tell me, tell me what you think. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to push a narrative here, 
which maybe I am a little bit. Like, that's the fucking point of this shit. But in my opinion, whether despite your food choices, you know, what type of diet, carnivore, vegetarian, omnivore, whatever. Yeah. Um, it always makes sense to me to go back to before we had processed food. Yeah. So let's go back 10,000 years ago. Right. Like, what were they surviving off of? So if I was eating a steak that had fat on it, I wasn't trimming the fat. Yeah. And I was eating the fat with exactly. steak. Exactly. Fat's you know? good for you. If it's you're good grabbing for our brain. fruits off a tree, like, what were we doing way before any of this stuff that got us to this point? You know? And we're eating real it, food. Shouldn't it mean, like, it should be that obvious almost? Like, boom. Well, we were also, this was a good point that I, I had spoken to with one of my friends. Yeah. And she is very um, plant based, all vegan. Sometimes mm-hmm. she goes into raw veganism. And so it's, you know, she thinks walnuts and just any sort of nuts are not great for us because we eat too much of them. She goes, I think they're great for your brain. Yeah. Um, But there's too much. And I was like, hmm, but didn't they used to eat them back in the day? Mm -hmm. She goes, yeah, but think about it. Like they were in a shell. So you would have to go and find it. And then when you did find those nuts, because it takes such a long time to break out of the shell, Mm -hmm. you had one, two, that's it. You know, it's too much work to to keep breaking them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the issue now is like we've made food so readily available and convenient that we're also overeating. So it's not even just a process. It's not even just we're eating a lot of processed foods. We're just over consuming. Well, yeah. And so and so we have the survival instinct of um, of hunger. Yeah. Like in that, and that drives us to go get food. But there is no physical part anymore where that long ago it was all like you had to do any physical thing to to get food, like climb a tree for fruit, yeah. hunt down an animal for meat crack open nuts to get to to the nut. Like it all took some physical action first before you actually got the reward. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah. And you know, like there's just so many variables to it. Like you can talk all you want about, oh, well, they just didn't have a lot of processed foods and that's why they were healthier. Yeah. But they also died of um, bacterial infections too before they even could get diagnosed with heart disease. So maybe what they were eating wasn't good. Or maybe it's the fact that they're so active. They live in mountainous regions, to your point. Like, they're walking everywhere. They're doing this strenuous physical activity to mm-hmm. get food. Um, and there's just there's so many variables. And I think it really just comes down to if we the closer we can get to our roots, most likely the healthier we are. And everybody is, um, is very different, too, like, even like your culture and your ancestry can make a huge difference to what you eat. I'm Middle Eastern and some of my family, we're Ashkenazi Jews, so we're in Russia, Ukraine. So what my ancestors ate down, you know, way, way down there, maybe genetics are, you know, influenced to that degree where maybe they had a lot of seeds, right? Mm-hmm. And now I can handle seeds very good in legumes, yet some other people from, let's say, um, African-American descent can handle seeds as well. And I'm just showing examples. Yeah, is that sometimes it's really it's very optimal to like your body, and it could depend on your ancestry and the region of the world that they came in and what they ate. Mm-hmm. But regardless, your ancestors were eating seeds, you know, <laughs> grains, things from the ground that yeah. are not heavily spread. I always make a joke. We're eating. Like, they weren't eating out of boxes. That's for sure. They weren't eating out of boxes. I even just want to have my own garden at this point because even the organic food is not really like yeah. purely organic. I think it's. They say it has to be 95% organic for it to be considered it. Mm-hmm. So technically 5% is still sprayed with a lot of pesticides and herbicides. Gotcha. And I mean, it's still, it's like the best that we can do at this point. But the best is, yeah, just grow your own food, 
have your own animals, make sure like, you know, where, you know, the source is coming from. I want to have like a community of like people that also are, you know, growing certain fruits and vegetables. And we just like all collaborate and be like, hey, I got you. I have, you know, spinach day. You have this, you have that. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's that's getting out of the government. (laughs) Uh, yeah, like, uh, I, I know back home where I come from, um, there's a couple community gardens, like in Boise and everybody just comes out and contributes and, Ooh. you know, does it, does a small part. And, um, Ooh, like most, mostly people that live in the close area, you know, and it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting community to, to like drive by I'm talking about, okay, well, in my car and these people are building, growing a garden. I'm like, you know, <laughs> just wonder what the hell they're doing as they're driving by and polluting the polluting the world but um there there does seem to be a sense of like satisfaction about it you know um and i think there's something to that you know and we're probably gonna get a little informal here but uh it seems like there's something to be said for doing the work to get to eating whole food, whether it be a community garden or, you know, cooking at, cooking at home. Yeah. I think we're, we're so worried about being efficient. I know. I do it all the time, you know, worried about where my time's going. I know. And then, you know, what am I cutting out of my health because of that? Yeah. You and know? I think, I, like, a lot of people disagree with me, but there is a way to be convenient or to make healthy food convenient. Mm-hmm. Like, convenience doesn't always have to be unhealthy food. Now, maybe that takes a little bit of meal prep on your time on Sunday. Or when I go grocery shopping, like I know a few brands and one of them is Chomps and they have these beef jerky sticks that are 100% grass-fed and finished. Mm -hmm. And that's like a convenient, healthy snack, right? It doesn't have to be a McDonald's. It doesn't have to be this or that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's before I leave and I'm going on a two-hour drive. I pack some nuts, some goji berries, some seeds, and that's my snack. And because it's so filling from all the nutrients and healthy fats in there, I just eat a little, little bit and I'm good mm-hmm. for hours. And, and that's all it is. It just takes a little bit of prep time, but not much. It took me five minutes to make my protein shake to put together those nuts and seeds. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's something I want to I wanna piggyback on because it, it, it does seem like it's this, it's this super simple solution that nobody realizes is that everyone thinks that it's so hard and, and, you know, even expensive, you know, to eat a whole food, but because of the, the, what it puts on you as far as consumption, like how much you can consume because of fiber and, you know, you know, meat super, uh, what's the word? Uh, Satiating. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, That you're not eating as much as, as, you know, you would if you were eating twice as many calories, but half the volume, you know, McDonald's, you know, you have a 2000 calorie burger. How much is 2000 calories in whole food? Like how many apples and oranges is that plus squash and like an eight ounce steak? Like, is that even 2000 calories yet? Probably not, you know? And I think people are so caught up in the rush of things that we're automatically cutting ourselves out of good health. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's it. And even like, this is just very fascinating. Uh, they did this study with ultra processed foods versus like normal processed foods. Mm-hmm. 
And what they did, they took the, this huge group of people and they divided them in half. And, they, and it was all in the lab, so it was a very controlled study. Like, they lived in a lab, so there were no other factors um, or, like, variables that could influence the study. One group had an ultra-processed diet. The other group had an unprocessed diet. So, for example, one group had flavored strawberry yogurt, uh, you know, with artificial flavors and dyes. Mm -hmm. And this group had plain yogurt with walnuts and strawberries. Uh, maybe this group had grilled chicken with broccoli and everything was cooked from home. This group had already made for you chicken, things like that. And they told both these groups, eat however much you want. Doesn't matter. And at the end, what they realized was the group that ate the real nutrient-dense foods unprocessed actually lost weight. Mm. And this group ate more calories, gained the weight, gained fat, and they ate at a rate like half, like the, they ate two times as fast, Jesus. the processed foods. Because processed foods are already broken down for you as well. Ah, so yeah. it's easily going into our bloodstream, spiking our blood sugar levels, and we absorb it so fast that we want more. Mm -hmm. While this group, when you're eating like unprocessed foods, it's not broken down. You actually have to create energy to break it down. And in the meanwhile, you get full. Mm -hmm. I mean, all that I'm hearing is like, if we want to have less inflammation, if we want to have less, you know, less drugs to take because we're, our body's feeling like crap, if we want to avoid, you know, anything that makes us feel sluggish or makes us gain weight, it's always one answer. It's always like eat whole food. Yep. Eat whole food as clean as you can get. And we're, we're getting there, you know, and yeah. there's a lot of food companies out there that are also promoting it where like even for me from time to time, um, I do like chips a lot. And that's, Are you a chip guy, a chip person? <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I did I stress ate a little bit today? And I was like, I need chips. <laughs> I'm not perfect, you know. And, and that's what I say is like, oh, you should see what I do on a Sunday. <laughs> oh boy, nobody, nobody is perfect. It's just about being like more healthy in the in the best way you can, or Where, less unhealthy, you know. Yeah. And I always say like, you don't have to give up your favorite foods. Um, so like I told you, I'm a big chip person. So 90% of chips on the market have soybean oil or safflower, sunflower oil, bread dyes, artificial flavors. No, I don't want any of that. So Siete is like my favorite brand and they use avocado oil. Um, now we can argue, is it real avocado oil? I don't know. It's not very regulated. Mm -hmm. This is the industry of avocado oil, but to say the least, it's avocado oil versus the seed oils. So I feel a lot better with that. And then when I read the ingredients, it's like paprika and onion powder, nutritional yeast, you know, potatoes, things like that. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to cheat every once in a while, I still want to stick with as many real whole ingredients as I can. If I can make those chips using all those ingredients and I have that in my cupboard, it's probably fine. Mm -hmm. They use artificial flavor. What the fuck is artificial flavor? I don't have that in my kitchen. Yeah, and they can get away with just putting it, putting it on there, even though we don't know what it means, and we just kind of let it go. Yeah, well, same thing with natural flavor. Natural flavor is extremely similar to artificial flavor. The root is natural, so it comes from an animal, a plant, an herb, a seed, mm -hmm. and then it's manipulated in a lab. They add additives to it. They add preservatives, emulsifiers, and then they say, well, it's still natural because it comes from a good... Because it's source. Yeah, the source is natural. And it, it's trickery, you know? Yeah, it is. They had this whole funny thing where it was like, let's rebrand Kit Kats to make it look like it's healthy. So they what? put 
all natural and then they put vegan and then they put this and that whatever the claims were oh they just put a bunch of claims on there and then made the colors look nice and environmentally friendly and earthy and now it looks healthy it's just marketing that's all it is jesus that's it i don't, I don't honestly like it i don't know what my life would be like if i hadn't changed that early yeah you know what would life be like if at 30 we had never found what we did and that's what scares me for a lot of people is they just don't have anything to relate it to like there wasn't a point in their life you know beyond childhood situation i mean and a lot of even kids eat horribly because their parents you know don't know how to feed them i know and i i said again like it's not about being perfect mm -hmm. it's like even when you want to have ice cream when you have when you want to have chips and cookies and quote bad foods there's always a better brand out there where the ingredients are really simple i have this um dairy-free ice cream that i buy mm -hmm. very very rarely like maybe once every three four months and the ingredients are like coconut agave um vanilla sea salt i'm like oh i under i, I see the ingredient like if again if i can pronounce those ingredients now it has coconut sugar, maybe seven grams of sugar, but it's not bad because I'm not eating it all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather eat the real thing than not. Something my body can easily process. And I, that's the key to like living a healthier lifestyle is yes, balance, but also finding the, the quote, bad foods that are less bad for you. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, and our, our body is doing amazing things. If 90% if of the time, 95% of the time we're eating well. Yeah. And then you have one thing that's, you know, inflammatory and, you know, not, not necessarily good for your body. Your body's going to process through it and you're yes. going to get back to what your body knows and it's going to come back to what it should be doing. Always. Opinion, right? Yeah. Um, if there was one thing that stands out, like the most important thing to you that you want everybody to see, you know, against all this nonsense that's out there, what do you need to say to everybody? Like, what, do you, what does everybody need to know from your angle? Just if you want to, like, live a, you know, healthier life, have it achieve your optimal body composition, improve your gut health, improve your energy levels, your clarity, confidence, creativity, it all starts with the food that you're eating. So really being mindful and conscious of what you're putting into your body by reading the ingredients, um, choosing as wholesome foods as possible, cooking more from home. And just moving, right? Like just being very conscious. A lot of us have very sedentary jobs. So every two or three hours, just getting into that routine. I know we have the watches that remind us and it's a good place to start. Um, but just building that awareness with yourself of I've been sitting for a while. Let me get up. Let me go for a little walk. Let me do 10 squats, right? And, and that also goes into how do you stay active? Well, if you hate going to the gym, if you hate running, don't do that. Mm -hmm. There are other ways to build, you know, to have resistance training. There are other ways to do cardio, like biking and swimming, dancing, um, rock climbing, like take on new sports, take on new activities and make it work around your lifestyle. Uh, sometimes you need, if you need to schedule in a time to meal prep, put it onto your schedule like you would for a doctor appointment mm -hmm. and just be consistent with it. It's on my calendar. I need to do it. And it's hard at first. It's so easy to make excuses. But the more we do it, the easier it gets. And um, don't overwhelm yourself. Start with one new habit at a time and just build from there. Don't look at, you know, Joe, who's been doing this for 10 years, or even me. I've been on this journey for eight years. If you're at level one or two, don't expect to get to level 20 overnight. It's a journey, you know, and 
I guess that's my role is helping people and guide them along the way, give them the resources and work with where they're at and just basically be their cheerleader. Which a lot of people, like that, it's the smallest thing. Like that's the smallest thing that people could really, really, really use is just somebody to tell them that they can do it. Yeah, that they can do it and that they don't have to change their whole life in a week to mm-hmm. try to impress. Even like when people work with personal trainers like me, I'm like, I want to see your food lock. And they, they never want to show me the food that they ate that was bad. I'm like, I don't care. I get it. I've been there. Just show me everything. I don't expect perfection. Well, I was perfect for eight years. Then I realized, wait, I actually have a better quality life now that I have a balance. And mm-hmm. um, and I realized I don't have to give up my favorite foods. Just like in Europe, they're still eating sugar. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not eating a lot of it, right? But they're just having higher quality ingredients. And Yeah. No, I, I, I had my favorite thing in the world. I'm pretty sure I told you this before, is red velvet cake. Mm. And I won't buy it from a store. My mom always makes it for my birthday, which nice. I'm not even probably be home for this year. But I have it once a year. Yeah. And exactly. when it comes around, I'm going to eat most of the cake. And it's homemade. You know? <laughs> and that's the thing is like, I always say this, the fact that it's homemade is significantly better. So if you are going to have a sweet tooth, I would rather people make it from home or find the product that has really yeah. good ingredients where it's sugar, vanilla extract, flour, whatever it is that are just simple. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm glad we did this. I think we're going to have, we're going to, we're going to have to bring it back because there's going to be more. Oh, there's so that, many things. Uh, things that I was kept pushing to the back that we didn't yeah. talk about. So where can everybody find you? Um, what kind of services are you providing? Tell everybody what's up. Yes. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. Health by Galit is the platform that I use. In terms of my services, so I work, I have like a health, in terms of my services, I have a health reset package. So it's 12 weeks. And what I do is I just work with where you're at. So I have my clients come in, hey, like this is how I'm going grocery shopping. And so I help them, you know, with food swaps and their groceries. I help provide them recipes, meals, uh, some workout programs online. We do Zoom calls sometimes, and we just do weekly check-ins to make sure that they're progressing along the way and they have the guidance support they need to help them lose the weight, keep it off, um, to learn how to navigate going to the grocery store and not give up their favorite foods. Mm-hmm. And turn it into like an automatic thing, right? Yeah. Basically. Take control of your life. Like, exactly. Lifestyle. And make it work around you. Empower yourself to realize, hey, I can do this too. I I don't need to be over bogged down with all this information and feel stressed and overwhelmed. Fuck yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah. This has been fucking awesome. It has been. We're going to have a round two. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for coming, everybody. This is Zachary, your host. Out. Hey, guys. I hope that all things we've brought here, including the people, have helped you change the way that you see the world. And if it has then it would help us so much if you leave a rating and a comment on iTunes or give any feedback wherever you listen to the RMP. Thank you for listening in, and don't forget to follow and subscribe. Question everything, my friends.